Holy cow. Uh, it's Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I am Ben Ennis. The phone lines are open. one 590 416-870-0590. Star 590 on your cell. We are taking you right up until 5 o'clock Eastern time when we pass it over to Blair and Barker. That was ugly, as have so many of the recent Blue Jays games. Uh, Jays lose 6-3. They dropped three of four to the Rays. Hey, they scored 20 runs in the one game that they won in the series. That was cool. Remember that? Uh, they're now 26 and 25 overall in their 51 games this season. Six and 14 against the ALEs. Two and nine against their own division in their last 11. And they have scored five runs or fewer in 14 of their last 16 games. There's, there's not a lot of positives. I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Nor would you want me to. Um, where to begin? Holy cow. I guess we'll, we'll we'll start with the starter. Alec Manoa, after showing signs of improvement, his last start was back to his abysmal self that we've seen for the majority of his starts this season. Another five-walk performance from him as he only goes three innings, uh, gives up five runs, only four of those earned. And now, among qualified pitchers in all of Major League Baseball, he is your leader in walks per nine innings and uh if you were listening to Ben Wagner or watching on the on the television uh, on Sportsnet, uh, you could tell that this guy was was laboring, right? This 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 looked like a guy that was out of sorts. It looked like a guy that had no confidence. So dissimilar to the guy that we saw, well, basically for the the first two entire seasons of his major league career. But that wasn't what cost the Blue Jays the game. I mean, it did in part, but I mean, you got to score more than three runs. And they have to come earlier than the ninth inning. And you have to play cleaner baseball. Honestly, if I, if I was going to point out one thing that, that I think most people are going to be most perturbed about, it's the thing that was the rallying cry for just about every single Blue Jay before the season. Uh, it was, I think, the impetus for some of the, the roster changes before the year. Playing cleaner baseball. Being smart. Now, physical errors are different than, than playing smart. I get it, but the physical errors are starting to, to pile up. And I do include, so the stolen bases were, were ridiculous today, um, and Alejandro Kirk is no doubt part of that. But this team has to start finding a way to put its catchers in better positions to catch base dealers because more often than not, Kirk had no possible opportunity to throw out the uh, Tampa Bay Rays base dealers. It's an ugly start. It is May. I get it. There's a long season to go. This division is stacked. Everybody else is off to great starts. The Blue Jays have suffered basically no injuries. Um, it's not great. There, there's really, there's the Blue Jays are 10 and a half games back of first place. They're dead last in the division. The Kansas city Royals are almost at a similar pace behind the top of their division. The Royals are 11 and a half games back in the Minnesota Twins atop the American League Central. Let's go to the National League East. The Washington Nationals, only nine games back of the Atlanta Braves. All right, just to put a little perspective into it. I know it's May. It's awful. All right, again, phone lines are open. 416-888-666. Uh, 416-870-0590, star 590 on the cell. All right, let's go to uh, Jim in Brooklyn. How's it going, Jim? About you? Uh, yeah, I just had to watch uh, two and a half hours of that. But, yeah, other than that, doing well. Simply, um, there's still people out there, and Ross Atkins was in the booth, uh, Yankee Series game one last week, um, second, third inning, whatever, and he referred to Manoa's elite. Others out there are still referring to him as elite. He's not elite. He's not. You know? I what? mean, I'm looking at some stuff Keegan Matheson just put out on his uh, on his post uh, about an hour ago uh, talking about where he ranks on ERA whip balls per nine, uh, based on balls per nine innings and even innings pitched per, uh, per, you know, nine innings, I guess. He's worse in three of the four categories. So he's not elite. I don't know why people still come and lead. I'm just wondering your thoughts. Uh, thanks for the call. It, this season is not elite uh, unless the, the, the object of the game is to walk batters at a, at a very high rate. He's been elite at that. A, a bad couple of months does not a career make. 
And and this is a guy that was elite at inducing soft contact over the, the first two years of his major league career. But he's never been an elite strikeout guy. He's uh, he's never had an upper 90s fastball. He's had a decent fastball. He's been able to get swing and miss out of the slider. He's been able to finish off hitters. And how many two-strike counts did he have today that he could not complete? Tons. And whenever you look at, at, at an outlier season, and I, I know I've done the opposite when it comes to, to Vlad Jr. and the outlier 2021 season where the, the power was, was what we all expected out of him and, and the rest of his career not quite so much. And you try and figure out why that is. Was it just an outlier? Is, is there reason to believe that that's repeatable? And then you look at the, the minor league ballparks he played in. Well, let's look at Alec Manoa's career. And the first two seasons, no pitch clock. Able to do whatever he wanted take his time, analyze the swings, perhaps regroup, perhaps regain his composure, perhaps regain his breath. And now this season, there's a pitch clock. You can't do that anymore. And all of a sudden, this guy looks very different than the guy we saw for the first two years of his career. I So, and it hasn't all, like, not every start has been horrible. Again, go back to the last one. Signs of improvement. But this is, we've never seen this before. And maybe this is just part of a, a natural progression for a major league pitcher. This guy's never had anything but success, not just in his professional career. Go back to, like, I, I, you think Alec Manoa ever struggled in Little League? I, I'm, I'm doubtful. This is the first time he's ever gone through a stretch of baseball games like this before. So maybe this is a learning lesson for Alec Manoa, but it has been ugly more often than not for him. This season. All right, let's go to uh, Mark in Markham. What do you got for us, Mark? Yeah, I I think the Jays have a problem with being way too cocky. I mean, it starts with Vladdy. You look at his stats. I heard an analyst going on saying you'd be crazy to pay him $300 million. His stats were produced in minor league ballparks. Even that commercial where he calls the guy Burger Boy. I mean, someone's got to get a hold of this guy and say, hey, listen, you're not the, uh, the next uh, Mickey Mantle. You're a good baseball player, but you're no superstar. And Manoa last year was yappy. Look what's happened to him. Thank God they got rid of the home run jacket. I mean, there's a systemic problem with cockiness on the team. I went to the Yankees game, the second game. The Yankees lineup seems so much more professional than the Jays. Hmm. Uh, Thanks for the call. Uh, I I don't think the commercial stuff and, like, you know, reading the lines that were, were written for him by a commercial writer or, or I don't know if you can, if I can draw a direct line to the blue Jays being one game over 500 and uh, swooning seriously over the last week and a half. Uh, and it, man, imagine what the record would be like now if they had the Homer jacket, although the Homer jacket would be used sparingly <laughs> the last week and a half. Cause that's been one of this team's issues. Although like weirdly, and I tweeted out these these numbers the other day, and you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNetBen, that I imagine even after today, the Blue Jays are off to a better offensive pace than they were a season ago, where they finished top five offense basically across the board in Major League Baseball. You don't want to know another weirdo thing that's happened since May 15th, and that was uh, game one of the Yankees series, basically the start of, of uh, the sky falling after a sweep of the Atlanta Braves. Blue Jays out hit the Rays again today. They've done that seven times over that stretch. Now they have two wins in, in those games where, sorry, they haven't out hit their opponents. They've had at least as many hits as their opponents. They have only two wins. So the hits are there. The extra base power is not there. The hitting with runners in scoring position is not there. Back to your point about the, the, the confidence thing or the swagger, whatever. I mean, it seemed to work for Alec Manoa basically his entire career. Hard to have swagger when you're walking five guys in outing. Sorry, per nine, he's over six this year. Um, I don't think it's an attitude problem with this team. I think they're trying to be professional. Everybody kind of agreed that that was, that was going to be modus operandi for this team after the disappointment, at least in the postseason, the last couple of years. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it often enough. All right, Victor is in New Jersey. Hey, Ben. How you doing? I'm good. Um, 
I just want to talk about my general frustration over the past three years with this team and their just general lack of a killer instinct. I mean, you can go year by year. 2021 didn't have huge expectations. Now that was supposed to be the coming out year. You still get two top three MVP finishers, a Cy Young, three silver sluggers. You know, Bo could have won a silver slugger too. Don't make the playoffs. I understand the excuses with the stadium, but blah, blah, blah. Like, 91 wins, I understand. No playoffs. Next year, Gladys talking about this is going to be the movie. They come out flat again. They did the same thing the year before. Bullpen's weak. You know, underperformance from Kikuchi, underperformance from Bo until the end of the, like, end of the year. Make the playoffs 95 wins and then have that epic meltdown in game two of the playoffs where Schneider still, still won't forgive him to this day for taking Gosman out in the sixth inning. I, I just – and then coming into this year again, it's these slow starts. They dig themselves a hole every year. It's not horrible, but then you know the division we're playing in. you got to get out to a fast start. And then also they're just wasting bench spots. I saw a quote from Atkins from I think two or three years ago where he wanted to build a roster where they want to have major league guys come out of AAA. They don't even know where to put them. You want, like, Biggio? He's like a 20 OPS plus or something like that. He's like your second guy off the bench. Like, what's, what's he providing you? He's getting thrown out on the base pass. He's making base running mistakes. And he can't even do – like, I can come off out of my apartment right now and do better than him. But I just don't understand what we're doing. They just look dead. They look lifeless. Like, no one cares. Like, no ability to hit and run or score. I'm just sick of the lack of killer instincts. I've waited 19 years to watch a Jays playoff game in my life. I expected this to be the golden era. I was going to witness it, hopefully. It's been a complete and utter disappointment. And I got to give the Rogers ownership group credit. They put their money where their mouth is. Mm. It's just a general lack of execution from the players in the field. I, I just, I'm not sold on Snyder. I think they should have brought someone in from the outside just to shake it up. I mean, he came up with, with all these guys, the young guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't think they needed someone else. I mean, I don't even know if Mattingly is the right guy, but obviously they brought him in for a reason. It's not working out. I'm just – I've had enough at this point. I, I don't know what to think of the team. Like, the Orioles have been rebuilding for, what, four years now, and they, they might have already passed us. We, mm-hmm. we might have missed the window already. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, that was a lot, yeah. Um, I, man, I thought we were done talking about killer instinct in this city, and I am, uh, but you can bring it up if you want. If you can have killer instinct in a, in a in a baseball game, regular season game in in May, not sure, not necessarily sure you can. And honestly, if I'm going over the 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 concerning aspects of this baseball team, I am going to attribute a lot of the offensive woes recently to. I mean, luck. It feels like a cop out, but there's like a sequencing issue here for sure. And there's balls being hit hard into gloves and, and there's lots of hits and yeah. Okay. Lack of slug. I get it too. But yeah, that, that is going to normalize. I, I do think that this, this blue Jays offense is more than adequate given, you know, the, the, at least the strength at the top of this rotation, which I guess, even if you don't include Manoa, Chris Bassett's been everything you could have hoped he would be Kevin Gossman looks like Kevin Gossman and Jose Barrios looks closer to the Jose Barrios. They thought they were getting from the Minnesota twins. That's that should be enough, right? That should be enough. If you have a league average or, a, or above uh, offense and a decent enough back of the bullpen, at least, which obviously needs some, some bulking up at the deadline as most bullpens do it. Uh, this is not the way it was supposed to start. And going back to referencing the start last season about it being a disappointing start. I mean, it did eventually get disappointing enough that they fired the manager, but that was in July. Like at this point in the season, they were well above 500. In fact, they wrapped up, they, they, they played their 50th game of the season. It was an eight, three win over the Chicago White Sox. And that capped an eight game winning streak to put them at 30 and 20. They were winning a ton of games. Uh, by one run, which was obviously unsustainable, and it didn't sustain the rest of the way. But this is this is not like a routinely, hey, May, you're looking up at the big boys and you're dead last in the division. That's that's a new development for this team, and certainly one they don't appreciate. All right, let's go to uh, Chris in Toronto. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, great, man. Uh, great show. I always like listening to you. Thanks, man. Um, uh, listen, man. I think when you look at last year's uh, ridiculous uh, implosion in that playoff game, the worst, the biggest comeback in Major League history in a playoff game, unfortunately, when I looked at them uh, re-signing Schneider, I thought it was a big, big mistake. 
you got to have accountability. And right now we're looking at John Schneider as you can't fire the team. Unfortunately, I think you're going to have to get rid of John Schneider. I think he's going to have to go. I like the idea of bringing Madeline into the managerial position because, listen, I just don't think he has it. I don't like the fact they use somebody from within. You look at that game with Mano, he comes out and, and makes a mistake going out the second time. I mean, nothing personal against John Snyder. Great guy. I don't know him, but I just don't think he's the right guy for the job. There's a culture problem on this team, and it's got to change. It's got to change really fast. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Um, one, there is absolutely, and, and yeah, I, I would wager your uh, paycheck on it, uh, that there will not be another managerial change this season. Like, clearly not. They just made one last year. They just signed John Schneider to an extension. Um, that being said, like, yeah, there's, I don't know about the culture stuff because this is a guy that was supposed to be the culture guy, right? Like, he was supposed to be the guy that did hold you accountable. That's what so so many of the, the players maybe didn't say explicitly, but let us be known um, that they had issues with Charlie Montoyo about that there was a seeming lack of accountability, lack of urgency that would be different with John Schneider. That being said, some uh, definitely some curious moves. And he he's not the reason they can't buy a hit with runners in scoring position. He's not the reason that Alec Manoa has the highest walk per nine rate in Major League Baseball, pretty clearly. Um, he's also not the reason that Dalton Varsho's offensive expectations were as high as they were, that he was thrust into the cleanup spot on opening day, now finds himself generally at the bottom of the order, today hitting second with George Springer out of the lineup. And then in the ninth inning, in a game you're trying to mount a comeback, pinch hit for by a guy who's had a nice little start in AAA Buffalo, but has a very long minor league track record in Ernie Clement of not being good. Like being, being fine, like a high average, no slug. Like he's like a career 720 on base, or career 720 OPS guy across a trillion minor league plate appearances. He's been in the in the major leagues before, but holy cow, this is a guy you you traded uh, a top 100 prospect and a guy that's turned into modern day right-handed Barry Bonds and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for. And, and you're pinch hitting for him. I get it. Like the platoon splits, especially last season, were bad. But you go back to – that was part of the, the thing I was sold on at the beginning of the year with Dalton Varsha as well, that, man, there was some real extreme platoon splits last season. But that looked two years ago. And th- this is a guy that, that understands what went wrong against lefties last season. He's going to be going to all fields against southpaws. I haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't seen the, the power – at the level you would have expected for a guy as well who's hit 27 home runs. All right. Um, phone lines continue to be open. one 590 416-870-0590, star 590 on the cell. We have sound from the manager, John Schneider, after this one. You got punched right in the face the last 10 days or so, and you got to understand that and you got to make adjustments and you got to have the right um, attitude. You got to have the right focus going forward and in talking to the guys, you know, and hearing them, it's uh, it's got to happen tomorrow. And yes, it's a tough division. Yes, that's a good team. And we're still a, a good team too. So little things today, you know, you out hit the opponent again, you don't control the running game. You're careless with the baseball can't happen. So uh, starting tomorrow, it's a, uh, it's a new series. And hopefully uh, those things are, are taken care of. John, did you just meet the, with the players there? Yeah, they, yeah, we were in there for a little bit, yeah. Did you call that meeting? No, players. Nope. Uh-oh, players only meeting time. It's a must win tomorrow, right? I mean, at least they're not playing within their division. Uh, go to Minnesota for a weekend set against the Twins, who are division leaders with like a barely better record than the Blue Jays at the moment. They are 26 and 24 Blue Jays find themselves half game back of that uh, 26 and 25. Um, yeah. What can you say? We got punched in the mouth. We, we continuously get punched in the mouth. That's been the last week and a half, a lot of punching in the mouth. Um, it, it, it certainly, I guess sounds a little bit different than, than Charlie Montoyo. What are you going to say? I would have loved to, to heard the specifics about the, the Ernie Clement pinch hitting 
in the ninth inning. Um, it's not not good enough. Not not good enough starting pitching. Not good enough situational hitting. Not clean enough defensively. Just top to bottom, not good enough. All right, let's go to uh, Corey in Queens. You're on Blue Jays Talk. Yeah, Ben, excellent show. Listen, it's it's so bad right now. I don't even know where to start. To be honest with you, um, these these interviews after the game, post game interviews with with, with Schneider, it, it just I don't know. It can't be stopped, but it, it's becoming very very annoying. It's 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 the same it's the same message. Um, the, the caller from New Jersey said it best. This was supposed to be the golden era. I got tickets to go see them the first game on the Mets series. Um, I'm, what do I do now? I mean, this is this is not fun. This is not this is not what we we thought we were gonna get. And there's just no solutions. Manoa, we don't have any options. But this guy needs to stint in the minor leagues. He, this guy needs to stay in the bullpen. I know we don't have any options, and and that's 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 a problem. This is supposed to be our golden era. After what happened last year, we're looking forward to, to such a boom, being being one of the big boys in the East. You know, probably taking the vision if, if not. And we're 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 looking we're looking. I don't know what we're looking like. Yeah, but very bad. Thanks for the call. Uh, <laughs> and okay, I, I do need to add a little bit of perspective here. But so I understand how this team has looked over the last week and a half. Again, since May fifteenth, since they swept. The Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Braves coming to town after being swept in two games by the Philadelphia Phillies day off. You welcome that incredible division leading, I think national league leading Atlanta Braves team. When they arrived, you swept them out of the, out of town off. They went, uh, and then it's been nothing but disaster after disaster after disaster. The major league baseball season is like interminably long. It, it goes forever, forever. The blue Jays were three games over 500 in July last year and they won 92 games. So, um, and, and honestly go back to, to recent history. Remember how bad the Phillies looked at times near the end of the season last year, defensively, offensively, they looked awful. They made the world series. So it's, it, you, you can be angry and you can be upset and you can be disappointed with the way the blue Jays have played so far this season as, as is your right. Uh, as is like, the only take you can have, but also understanding that there is, there's time to turn this around. I would say that the offense is still something I'm not expecting to be an issue for this team, despite the fact that it's been an issue for the last two weeks. I don't expect that to con- to continue. Brandon belt is like a, a, a real bat in the middle of this lineup. After that incredibly slow start, he's legit, especially against right-handed pitching. I figure Vlad's going to hit a home run off a real pitcher at some point. Like that, there, there's going to be offensive improvements for this team, but that doesn't mean that there aren't real, real worry spots. And it starts with the guy who was a top five Cy Young Award candidate last year in Alec Manoa. All right, let's go to uh, Daryl and Whitby. You're on Blue Jays Talk. Hey, how are you? Good. Guys, looking at this, to be quite honest, it's it's it, it's it's a joke now. I mean, you're 51 games in. You got a team that's got over a 200 million dollar payroll, and this is the way you're playing. Like something's got to give. I mean, they need a new voice somewhere. Like Pete Walker, how long's he been? Maybe they need a new pitching coach. Maybe they need a new hitting coach. Like stuff has to change. It's just it's not right. Yeah, I mean, you can't continue going on with all these inconsistencies. Something has to give here. I mean, uh, you hear Walker, uh, sorry, uh, Schneider, the way he's talking, he's, that's not really showing accountability. Like, you've got to be more tough with these players. Thanks for the, the call. Again, I, I, I don't think John Schneider does, you know, told these guys only to score three runs a game over the last two weeks. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think there's a, a, a direct line to be, drawn between the Blue Jays struggle recently and the manager or the pitching coach who, by the way, I, I haven't seen an update on where Pete Walker was by the end of that game. Maybe like a, an under the radar ejection. Not sure. Not sure why Jeff Ware was, was out there making mound visits uh, in his stead. I think it's on the players and, and the players are taking accountability. 
I would say for the most part. I mean, and today had a players only meeting, which that is, that's a pretty desperate measure. If you followed the history, the long history of players only meetings that they don't necessarily line up with a change of fortunes. And in fact, can get embarrassing if the struggles continue and then like multiple players only meetings. But I guess at least there's, there's an indication of accountability there. And there has to be, this team was designed not to make the playoffs, not to be a 500 team, but to win the division and win a world series, not playing like a world series contender right now. That's for sure. Let's go to Jordan in Saskatoon. You're on blue Jays talk. Hey, I, I, I listen to this team while I drive a FedEx van across the highways and byways of Saskatchewan. And I'm so excited when there's a day game. So today, when I got in my van, I knew I'd get to listen to the Jays. And for the past two weeks, they've disappointed me over and over again And because they don't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. I, how many times has, it, has there been two or more runners in the past two weeks and they have not won or have not docked in a couple runs? This team is ridiculous. And for Manoa's start day, there were defensive errors in the first. But after that, it's on him and Kirk. Kirk should be in the minors with how he played defensively as a catcher and how he played offensively at the plate. He has been awful this year. Absolutely awful. And we should be able to send him to the minors while we have a chance. There's guys like Brantley and Berman who should probably get a chance. And Heidemann's up there, and I hope he gets the next Manoa start. This team needs to improve. Thanks for the call, Jordan, and thanks for listening. Um, On the Kirk point, like I said earlier, well, one, I'll start here. Alejandro Kirk was not retained, and I say that because the Blue Jays were obviously going to move one of those three catchers in the offseason. He was not one of the ones that they retained because they thought he would be the next Johnny Bench. He would be the next Yadi Molina. He was not retained for his defensive prowess. He showed an ability to frame some pitches and be a good receiver a season ago. Uh, Base stealing was not as much a part of the game last season as it seemingly is this year. But after a slow start throwing the ball, he's thrown out his fair share of base stealers. I would say that today, maybe you can call him part of the problem. Blue Jays pitchers made no effort to hold base runners. And Alec Manoa had bigger fish to fry, I suppose, than the guys running around behind him. Kept putting them on by the free pass. But that's, when you look at stolen bases, it's not a one position uh, accountability thing. It's it's twofold. It's pitcher and catcher. And a couple of times, like, there was not even a throw to be made. And Adam Simber uh, in relief, I mean, I was there even a look back at, at some of those base runners. And then as far as Kirk's offense, the power obviously hasn't been there. Guy had another, what, three hit game today. He's got a 360 on base. I understand that he's a station to station player. I think if you're going to point the finger offensively at somebody, there's a few other guys I'd, I'd be pointing it at before I got to him. All right, let's go to Errol in Brantford. You're on Jay's talk. Blair. You've got a great show. I love listening to you. I think it's the first time I ever called in. And uh, I got to tell you, you nailed every part right. What I said to the screener was, here's the problem. We can't jump down and say, oh, change the coach, change the coach. That's the problem with Toronto media. Not you guys. I love listening to you, but the papers and everything else. It's not the coach. He does his job. We're getting in a slump. If it's going to happen, May is probably the best time to happen. They'll come around, but they made a lot of changes since last year, a lot. And you just made a great point about Alejandro Kirk. So, you know, you get your ups and downs. He's starting to come around the last few games, but they're playing tough teams. So you ride this part out, run into the next uh, town where the division's not so hard, and you get a little better. But uh, Manoa, somebody brought it up, I think it was a second-last call or something, about send him down to the minors for a bit, put him in a bullpen, because he's got good potential. Am I right? Like uh, maybe <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more than – more. Than, it's, and thanks for the call. It's, it's more than just potential. We've seen him be one of the elite pitchers in Major League Baseball. I will say, if you looked at the past two contention for this Blue Jays team, and not just that – 
Like once they got to the playoffs, the pass to a World Series, it was top of the rotation in that you have two guys that are Cy Young candidates and a pretty good offense that has no holes in it, which I still believe in, despite the offensive inefficiencies the last week and a half. But, and Chris Bassett could be that guy. Like people do sleep on Chris Bassett. That's the top 10 Cy Young Award vote getter a couple of years in a row when he was back in Oakland. So maybe he's that guy, but if Alec Manoa's this year's Yusei Kikuchi boy, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to overcome. There's a good point too about uh, getting away from the AL East. It is a beast and you do want to obviously compete at the top of that division, still have a belief that you can do that. But when you're not going, going great like this, Probably best to, to play some teams that aren't in that division, and they will do so. Although another division leader uh, in the Minnesota Twins starting tomorrow night. All right, let's go to Clifton in Etobicoke. You're on Jay's Talk. Yeah, Ben. Um, listen, I'm, I know I'm a little bit older or maybe much older than most of these callers. But I'm hearing all these calls for, the, for Snyder's head. And I'm thinking, buddy. I mean, aren't managers allowed to make mistakes and learn from their mistakes? You know, and as time goes on, these guys become better. The guy's not even managing the team for a year. It's, it, it's not. Listen, man, you probably remember when Eric Spolstra, mm-hmm. sorry to switch over to basketball, but it's a similar situation. When he, when he took over managing the Heat, in his first year when he had those star players, and, you know, like they were in a losing, uh, on a losing streak and people were calling for this guy's head. And, you know, uh, Pat Riley kept the guy. Now I'm hearing everybody, you know, touting this guy as the best uh, coach in, in the NBA. I hear all these calls for Joe Missoula. The guy's been managing the team for one year. Like if he doesn't, you know, make it to the championship round, he should be fired. It, that's nuts. Like, you learn from mistakes, but as time goes on, you get better. Thanks for the call, Clifton. Um, difference was that that Heat team made the finals. <laughs> uh, they lost in it. The Dallas Mavericks, they did make the finals, though. But, yeah, no, I get it. We could be singing John Schneider's praises in years to come. He could be manager of the year this year. I don't. Although, I'm not sure the narrative would would necessarily work. You have to be a bad team, then a good team to win manager of the year. The Blue Jays were a 92 win team a year ago and a playoff team. So I'm not sure how that would work, but no, the, the, the story of his career is obviously not even close to being told. And look at his record with this team. When he took over last season, got him into the playoffs when that was a, not a certainty when they were losing, uh, getting swept in a four game series in Seattle to the Mariners, the low point of that season, which came much later in the season, Right. That, that was before the All-Star break in July. It's May. The season was falling apart in July last year. They fired their manager in July. <laughs> okay? Just for a little bit of perspective. But be mad. Because this team has played awfully. It has not been aesthetically pleasing uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The results have been awful. And they've been against teams that they were supposed to be better than. And there's, there's clear reasons for concern with this baseball team. All right. When we come back, we will continue with Blue Jays talk. Again, we're going to the top of the hour, 5 o'clock Eastern time on uh, the Sportsnet Radio Network as we uh, get you set for Blair and Barker, who will also be on Sportsnet 360. When we come back, we'll talk to our pal, Ben Nicholson-Smith. As Blue Jays talk continues, I'm Ben Ennis. This is the Sportsnet Radio Network. Blue Jays talk, Sportsnet Radio Network. I am Ben Annis. Blue Jays drop a 6-3 decision in Tampa. Losers of 3 of 4 against the Rays. Drop a new 26-25 as Alec Manoa only goes three innings, giving up four earned runs, five walks, uh, along with six strikeouts. His ERA ballooning to 
three. We'll get to Ben Nicholson-Smith in just a second. But time for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So here's how it looks in the most difficult division in all of Major League Baseball. Tampa Bay Rays, of course, atop the AL East. They are... 37 and 15 Orioles, three and a half games back Yankees, six and a half games back the Red Sox, 10 games back. And now the blue Jays, 10 and a half games back of the Rays atop the division. The twins lead the American league central. That's where the blue Jays are going next. They'll play a three game set over the weekend. Starting tomorrow. They are two and a half games up of the tigers who are in second place and not the best division in baseball is the twins. The only team above 500 in the American League Central. Uh, the Royals 11 and a half games back of the top of that Central Division, dead last. Yeah, that's uh, that's only one game worse than the Blue Jays, and they're 10 and a half games back of the Rays in the American League East. Rangers lead the AL West at 31 and 18, but here come the hard-charging Astros despite losing two straight. They're three back of the Rangers. The Angels finding themselves very much in the playoff discussion as we're talking in May, uh, 28 and 23, four games back in the NL. Braves lead the NL East at 30 and 19. The Mets kind of trying to resurrect their season as well at 500, 25 and 25, five and a half games back. The Phillies, after being in the World Series a season ago, seven games back. Central division leaders in the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers at 27 and 22. And in the NL West, it's the Dodgers, 31 and 20. Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s Arizona Diamondbacks just a game and a half out of first place, 29 and 21. Let's talk to Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Hello, sir. Hey, Ben. I heard uh, some interesting calls there. Uh, I did not foresee the uh, calls for John Schneider's job at this point in the season. <laughs> I have to tell you that. Yeah, and and we're going to play a clip uh, a little later on in, in, the, in, in the show um, about – uh, well, uh, Matt Chapman was asked about John Schneider spilling the beans on this players only meeting and apparently not all that pleased uh, about it. John Schneider is 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 not going anywhere this season again. Like like I told the caller, he was he was hired just a season ago. The Blue Jays are not firing managers in back to back seasons, especially after just handing him an extension. But I will say, OK, let's start here, Ben, that he was the, the head of the snake in spring training talking about playing cleaner baseball. Boy. Where is the stretch of clean baseball for this baseball team? Yeah, it uh, disappeared pretty quickly, and it's costing them right now. I mean, we saw the defense in the first inning of today's game um, clearly not there. And then you just see Alec Benoa and his seeming inability to control the running game. At this point, I mean, he allowed, I think it was five stolen bases today. That's 12 of 13 on the season so that's one of those little things where you want your pitchers to be attentive to those details and feel their positions, um, help contain the running game. As it stands, you know, the Rays probably win that game anyways, but it certainly didn't help to have the Blue Jays defensively uh, giving up a few extra bases and, and ultimately helping the Rays, a team that really needs no help. So I, I, there are real concerns with this team, and I think the, the biggest one is the guy that was you know, their opening day starter, home opener starter, Alec Manoa. I wonder where you stand with the offense because it's really been the offense that's been the problem for the, there's been some winnable games over the last week and a half that they have not won because they have not scored. And a lot of that was, was some risk stuff that will eventually, you know, come back around the the blue Jays had a similar stretch of runners in scoring position, lack of hitting a season ago, and then went on this incredible tear after that. Cause that's the way that works. But some of it is like lack of power, lack of slug, not getting a, enough home runs, uh, a, a slow start offensively in for Dalton Varsho, but a guy that, while he had 27 homers a season ago, is is not like supposed to be carrying an offense. Where are you on on this Blue Jays offense and and what we've seen now through almost two months? Yeah, it's underwhelming so far. There's no question it hasn't lived up to expectations, and I think we would have rightfully expected some sort of a drop off, just given the way they changed their composition of the team trying to get a bit more uh, defensive-minded, a bit more fundamentally strong. And so maybe you're not leading the league in on-base and slugging and batting average the way they did a year ago, but it still would have been reasonable to expect a good offensive team. And too often, this group has really struggled at the plate. Against the Rays, 
You're facing Clanahan last night. I mean, Eflin's been really good for them. So I'm not expecting 12-run outbursts every night, but it sure would help cover up some more of the mistakes that they've been making, whether those are mental mistakes, physical mistakes, whatever the case. It really helps if you hit the occasional three-run home run. And, of course, they want to do that. They have, I still think, a lineup that should be very good in the course of a whole season. But it's been letting them down recently, and that's one of the big reasons that they find themselves just one game above 500 at this point. No, it's nuts. Um, so I, I, there, there's, I, I don't begrudge anybody for being angry with what they've seen over the last week and a half, especially if you paid money to go see this team, right? Like that's, that's well within your right, and this is a team with high expectations. So this is part of the deal. When you play poorly, people can get mad. But that being said... I am trying to parse out what's, what's real about this slow start and this horrible streak and, and what is due to regress. I mentioned the runners in scoring position thing. They've now hit into 14 double plays since the start of that Yankees series. And I get it. There's some guys that are not exactly fleet of foot on this team, but you go by the, the, the fan graphs, all, all encompassing base running metric. And I think they're, they're at the top of that, right? Like they have guys that are fast and we saw, you know, Kevin Kiermaier hit sharply into a double play today. I mean, uh, Alejandro Kirk was on base, but this is one of the, the fastest guys on this team and a left-handed hitter there. It is true, Ben. We we must at least say this, that over this span, they've hit into some bad luck. For sure, they have. And, you know, you can't hit into a double play if you don't have a runner on first. So right. you're doing something right. I mean, their their fatal flaw this year is not going to be that they hit into too many double plays. I mean, no. that will even out. I think that, as you said before, they have bigger questions. And, Manoa really tops that list for me. I think you're, you're at this point in the season, two months in, talking about a guy who was an opening day starter and a pretty easy selection at that after finishing third in Cy Young voting last year. Now he's having so much trouble, not only with the base runners, as we mentioned, but he's having so much trouble finding the strike zone, staying in the strike zone. And, and even there's frustration that, that boiled over. We saw some of the clips in the dugout of him talking to Pete Walker and that does not look like a player who's just composed and, and really you know, confident that his approach will eventually lead to good results. I mean, there's some real frustration there, and I understand that. I'm not saying that you know, anyone should have a different reaction after the last couple months, but we're looking at a situation right now around Manoa and his production that is pretty surprising, and it's a, a major issue for the Blue Jays, to say the least. Yeah, but... He is coming off what appeared to be a step in the right direction, right? His last start against the Orioles um, and then has this step back yesterday. Um, is is this anything other than you got to let this guy work through it? Uh, because yeah, the, 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 the phone lines and, and the, the Twitter account, it's all starting to light up with people talking about his options and sending him down and giving him a breather. And, and the fact that, you know, right after him, Trevor Richards gives the same three innings that Alec Manoa did, uh, perfectly clean three innings uh, without a, a base runner. Um, is is this a situation where you just got to ride it out? And again, like it hasn't, not each and every single start has been an abomination. There's been plenty of abominations, but there was at least a sign just like one start ago that, that, that the old Alec Manoa is in there. Yeah. He only walked one against the Orioles. That's a pretty good team. There were some good signs there. Um, even today, there were times his slider was working pretty well. I, I think at the same time, you've got to shorten the leash for the Blue Jays, and clearly they're in the process of doing that, whether they say as much publicly or not. They are not letting him work into the fifth or sixth or seventh with the expectation that he's going to work it out, because if you do that, you're going to potentially find yourself in a big deficit, and you can't do that at a time that your offense isn't really scoring. So I think what you do now is you try to sort of pair him with a reliever, whether it's Richards or maybe eventually it's Mitch White, you probably want to have someone who's available to go a couple innings in case he gets into trouble early. Maybe that's Nate Pearson at times. Um, it's not ideal. You don't want to be in that situation because it's very taxing in the bullpen and it's not sustainable to have Trevor Richards going three innings every five days. Um, but for now, I think you have to do that. And it's for the question of, you know, would you option him? That That's an interesting question if you're looking at Manoa in a bubble and how best to get him on track. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's not something that I would totally set aside. But at the same time, who's coming up in that scenario? Because you look at AAA, it's like Hutchison, Zach Thompson, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, Casey Lawrence, like they don't have clear answers. And so this is a team where beyond that starting five, and they are the only team in Major League Baseball that has not yet had to go to a sixth starter, beyond that number five, 
there aren't a lot of great answers. No, that's what's so crazy, Ben. Like, if I told you at the beginning of the season it would be almost June and the Blue Jays would only have used five starters this season, you're like, oh, well, they're like 20 games over 500, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you look, and the Rays, they're the team that is 25, 20 games over 500, 22 games now over 500, and the Rays have used 11 starters. So mm-hmm. the Rays just have, you know, obviously great depth, this ability to mix and match. They have one of the better pitching staffs in baseball. The Blue Jays have some really good pitchers, and I think that, you know, whether it's the bullpen, which I think will get on track, the, the rotation is, is actually, like, it's been solid. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think the rotation is like a fatal flaw here either, but they really need to get Manoa on track. For sure, for sure. And, yeah, it, it, it boy, everything, every little um, potential flaw in the team stands out when you go through a stretch like this where you have – two wins in an 11-game stretch. Um, so Ernie Clement, uh, surprise pinch hitter in the ninth, yeah. in, in the ninth inning, Ben. Uh, career 7-10 OPS across almost 1,500 minor league plate appearances, including 13 home runs. I know Dalton Varsho, and it was something I pointed out when the, the trade was consummated, that this is a guy that has pretty severe platoon splits, and then we were told at the beginning of the season, hey, look back a couple of years ago, and, and maybe some adjustments that were being made, and he had some hits against lefties at the beginning of the year. Well, one, what, what do you think of that move in that position where you're talking about the, the potential tying run at the plate? And, and, and two, like where is this organization's confidence in a guy that they gave up two very productive players for? It's really interesting. I, you know, I don't think the move reflects any lack of confidence in Dalton Varsho. I think he's still super important to this team. I expect he'll be in there tomorrow, and he's an everyday player. He's a great defender, and, and better things are most likely ahead for him offensively. Now, in this case, against Celeste, they obviously prefer Clement's right-handed bat, and they're playing the numbers there. And I think, you know, even going into today, you kind of look at the lineup and you see all the lefties the Blue Jays stacked, and okay, I look up Zach Eflin's career OPS, and yep, he struggled a lot against lefties, relatively speaking. So they're trying to find these advantages. You know, they're going by the book. They're playing the, playing the numbers. Um, you know, obviously there will be times when they play the, the feel, or they play the hot hand, um, trying to seek an advantage, and it's just not turning up for them. No, it's not. Um, I, in a way, I don't fault John Schneider for, for, for trying that move. Uh, I will say that, Again, if we're talking about what's real, what's not real, what's a real weakness with this team, and 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 what do we expect to uh, regress positively? I would say that the lack of bench production is something that I think is very real. Like, and and not only the lack of bench production, the lack of of viable options in the minor leagues, Ben. Like, there is just like it, it was up until what a couple of days ago until they got their first hit out of the twenty six roster spot on this team, and and there's I mean Otto Lopez got called up uh, ever so briefly. But it's not like he's been anything at all in, in AAA. There, there really doesn't seem to be an obvious answer at the bottom of this roster. I agree. And, you know, you can say that about the starting rotation as well. Um, look, I mean, they, they have graduated a lot of prospects in recent years. And yet the very best teams do it every year. And the Blue Jays don't have someone knocking on the door. I mean, you look at Spencer Horowitz. He's had good numbers at AAA. He is on the 40-man roster. But... He has one home run. You know, you're probably not expecting him to be a total game changer uh, with, with one home run through two months. So it, it's not a triple-A team, that, or double-A for that matter, where Ricky Tiedemann remains sidelined as he recovers from some bicep soreness. So you don't have that minor leaguer who's absolutely pushing and you know showing the Blue Jays that they have some, some depth. And really, you need that. I mean, whether it's you know the, the Blue Jays, teams of recent years where you know maybe it's been a Manoa maybe it's been a Kirk um, obviously Vladdy and Bo to come up and and improve things with some young players Um, but the Rays do that seemingly every year the Dodgers do that and and that's the gold standard but again that's where the Blue Jays aspire to be Uh, I got some good news for Blue Jays fans Uh, they're not playing an American League East team tomorrow Uh, they're playing a division leader but it's the American League Central Uh, the, the, the twins are, are actually better than the Blue Jays now by a half game uh, in the American League standings. Uh, they go to Minnesota for three, Milwaukee, they go to Queens. There's, there's some good teams in there, but they only have one series against another American League East foe before the, the very last day 
of, of June when they start a series against Boston. They have the Orioles in the middle of June, but they go away from this division that has been so, so good to start the season and so, so good against the Blue Jays for the last week and a half. We know that divisional games, there's not 19 of them anymore. There's only 13. I mean, how does that impact the, the way you view this slow start against the division? Like on the one hand, these are games that are head to head and you have so few of them. But on the other hand, you get to play all the, the other crappy teams around Major League Baseball. Yeah, the Jays could use a healthy dose of like A's and Royals. <laughs> and I know they have at least some winnable games coming up. Um, at the same time, like it's interesting because, okay, so the Rays now, they're 10 and a half ahead of the Blue Jays in the AL East. So, you know, in years past, when you're playing the Rays all the time, you can make a dent in that lead if you're playing them a bit more often. Now, they will play the Rays again, and they will play the Yankees again, but it won't be until September. So if you really want to make a dent, which presumably they will in the American League East standings and have any chance of catching Tampa Bay, which right now looks quite slim but not impossible, then those those games head-to-head can give you that chance. So, you know, ultimately, you play the hand you're dealt. You're in the division you're in. You have the schedule you have. You just got to win the games in front of you. And for me, that means getting some better pitching from Manoa, hitting hitting some more home runs, and, and tightening things up. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, hasn't happened. Over the last 11 games, only two wins spread amongst them, uh, all against American League East foes. Ben, thanks for doing this. Talk to you soon. Look forward to it. Thanks, Ben. There's Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Again, phone lines are still open. one 888 590 star 590 on the cell. We are going to the top of the hour when Blair and Barker take over on uh, our flagship station, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and on Sportsnet 360. So I alluded to this conversation that Blue Jays third baseman Matt Chapman had with Hazel May at the conclusion of this game. Again, John Schneider in the post-game sound that we played to you earlier alluded to this players-only meeting. Here is Matt Chapman with Hazel May. Uh, I'll just keep that between the team for now. Matt, when you do look at this uh, recent stretch play, where do you think the areas of the are and what give you optimism? Look, you know, I think that <clears throat> everything gets magnified when you're you're not winning. I think just, uh, you know, I, I think there's small things we can take away, but for the most part, you know, we we just haven't, we, we got to play better. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. We have to play better, and I think the biggest thing we need to work on is finding ways to <clears throat> win games when maybe we're not, you know, tearing the cover off the ball or maybe, you know, we have had some defensive miscues all around. Um, we haven't been able to maybe just finish off innings on the mound, you know. So, <clears throat> you know, we win as a team, we lose as a team. I wouldn't say that there's no, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to why, you know, we're going through this stretch right now. But I think, you know, the way, the way for us to get out of it is to just – you know, come together as a team, find ways to win. You know, it might not be pretty, but, you know, we need to get back in the win column. It doesn't matter how we do it. Uh, just find a way to win games and just compete and, you know, maybe just put, put the focus on, you know, winning the ball game. Uh, there is Matt Chapman. He's right. Multiple ways to win baseball games. You'd like to have one of those aspects covered, though. Hey, you can win a game 3-2 to two, well within your right. Got to play cleaner defense than the Blue Jays played today. Absolutely, 100%. Got to play better defense than uh, not all season because they do. I think they're the major league leader in defensive runs saved, which is not everything, right? That doesn't necessarily account for errors and, and mental miscues, but this is a team designed to play incredible defense, and by and large, they've gotten that. And one of the, the plays that I would point to in this game that were, well, actually, there were two plays by incredible defenders in this game that were not exactly upper level. One was in the first inning when you know Kevin Kiermaier played a double into a triple, and then we saw on the attempted uh, caught stealing at third base, Matt Chapman have a ball go off his glove, resulting in another run. Those are guys that are, you, know, you can't be concerned about defensively, but man, just not clean baseball for a team that was supposed to play clean baseball. It was the, the motto that we heard day one of spring training, just haven't seen it enough this season. All right, time for a couple more calls. Uh, let's go to Frank. In Simcoe, you're on Jay's Talk. How's it going, Frank? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, two questions for you. First is, do you think the uh, commitment to Kevin Biggio is justified considering, you know, uh, the other talent on the proven talent on the bench like Maryfield? And then secondly, 
you know, this management team uh, continues to say it's going to come, it's going to come. We heard that a lot from Charlie last year. It's going to come, it's going to come. But how long do you wait for it to come before you make some changes that shake things up, whether that be sending someone down, sitting them on the bench? I mean, you can't wait too long because it'll be too late. So thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, On the Cavan Biggio front, the sample is growing larger by the day, and I know he hits the big home run yesterday, and I understand the Zach Eflin splits uh, discussion. It's it's also Kevin Biggio. Uh, And no, there's no comparison to a guy who's become an everyday player, and he didn't play today, and Whit Merrifield, who did pinch hit in the the ninth inning. No, that guy's been good. Um, You can't just, like, never play your bench players ever, ever, ever. Like, that's that's not going to work either. Like those guys have to remember what it's like to play in major league baseball games. And, and as much as you, you point to the blue Jays incredible run of health and maybe it not impacting the standings as much right now, but I, I would say in the overall sense, it's a good thing that's resulted in giving some guys day off and George Springer, despite being a DH yesterday, had a planned day off on a day game after a night game today. He, he had the day off. So, I mean, somebody has got to play and Nathan Lucas gets back-to-back starts first time in his major league career and Kevin Biggio, you're hoping that maybe hitting a long home run yesterday sparks him. If there were better options, I'd be all for it. Give me one. Tell me who it is. Where is he? He's not, he's not in Buffalo right now. Whoever that is. I mean, the trade. Yeah. I, I, I know there are trades consummated this time of the season. Not a ton. There's, there's, there's nobody coming through that door. Honestly, um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on the the Kevin Biggio thing. But then you go back to just even last season, he was an above average on base threat. He can play multiple positions. Game plan has to be and is obviously by opposing pitchers, just throw it as hard as you can in the zone, and maybe he'll run into it. But more likely than not, he will not. And uh, so far this season, we haven't seen it a ton. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Robert in Scarborough. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Love the show. Thanks. I just have one question. If you guys could fix one thing about the Blue Jays team right now, what would it be? Would you uh, get a better bench, fix Alec Manoa, uh, fix runners in scoring position, uh, the defensive errors or the managerial mistakes? The list goes on and on. If I could be a genie in a bottle, what would be the wish? Well, that's a tough, I mean, the runners in scoring position one is like, okay, you could have a team that hits 900 with runners in scoring position. Well, you, you might win 130 games. So that that's a tough one. Um, but that's not realistic. I would say if like among the realistic areas that need changing, that could change by the end of the season for this Blue Jays team, it's Alec Manoa. It has to be. This team was built on having a good offense and having one of the best hitters in baseball and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And yeah, the power hasn't been there, but he's been pretty good. And having the two-time American League leader in hits and Bo Bichette at the top of the lineup and hey, Matt Chapman building off what he did in the second half of last year, all that good stuff. But it's in having a two-pronged attack at the top of your rotation. One guy's, you know, he's had a bit of a blip, but has largely held up his end of the bargain. Kevin Gossman has... Looked pretty much like Kevin Gossman. Certainly with the strikeout totals, he's looked like Kevin Gossman. Chris Bassett, horrible start to start his, his Blue Jays career in his first ever outing. Horrible first inning in his next start, and he's been absolutely nailed since, pretty much. Defense let him down in his last start. Alec Manoa, supposed to be this team's best pitcher. And people are calling for his demotion, and I can't outright say that that's not going to happen. Not now, I mean, the, the, the question about when do you start to panic? When do you start pulling the trigger on, on larger moves? I think you don't do anything until June. And like I said, it's hard not to go back to even last season where things appeared to be coming apart at the seams. You fired your manager. You were swept in a four-game series that dropped you out of a playoff spot. Remember that. It's the Blue Jays and the Mariners head-to-head for that last wildcard spot in the American League last year in July. You lost four consecutive. I think the Blue Jays were up like three and a half on the Mariners going into that thing. Mariners with that four game sweep pulled into the final wildcard spot and the Blue Jays were out of the playoffs looking in, fired their manager, ended up turning it around after the all-star break, winning 92 games, getting into the postseason. And then I forget what happened after that, but uh, they, they made the playoffs. 
This team can do that. This team has the talent to do that. Holy cow, would it have been nice to see at some point over the last 11 games. It has been few and far between. But no, they got to get their ace, supposed ace, back on track. That's priority number one. The offense, man, I, 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 I still can't get my mind around the idea that this is not an adequate enough offense because they've outhit their opponents or at least had as many hits as their opponents more often than not over this 11-game stretch. Um, but just it has not resulted in victories as this Blue Jays team, just a single game over 500 at 26 and 25, finding themselves 10 and a half games back of the division leading Tampa Bay Rays, three straight series losses to divisional foes, two wins in their last 11 games. All right. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball brought to you by crown rust protection. Did you know that vehicles rust faster in warmer weather? As the weather warms and we all get ready for summer, make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for your nearest location. This was a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody that called in. I hope it was cathartic for you. And again, good news. No more American League East foes. Blue Jays starting a three-game set in Minnesota against the division-leading Twins tomorrow. Kevin Gossman against Louis Varland. Coming up next, it is Blair and Barker on our flagship station, Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet 360. I'm Ben Ennis. You've been listening to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network.